0: Back on the Cody Foger podcast, joining me again, Andrew Thomas. And Andrew, it's been a minute, man. How
1: you been? I'm doing very well, Cody, and it's good to be back.
0: Well, Andrew, we had been doing a series looking at every position group on the Colts and, uh, unfortunately life got in the way and, uh, we had to take a little bit of a hiatus there, but we're back and we're going to talk about the cornerback groups this week, this week. And Andrew, I think it's probably my favorite position on the Colts, not even just on the Colts defense, but on the entire Colts roster, because I think it's the deepest position. And I think it's definitely the most talented position.
1: Yeah. I'd have to agree with you there, Cody. You look at guys like Rocky sin, Kenny Moore, Pierre Desir, uh, Jalen Collins. We're very, very stacked at that position.
0: Indeed, indeed, and I thought that the way we could kind of separate it today is kind of looking at some guys who we think are definitely going to be starters for this team in 2019, looking at some guys, two guys in particular, who are going to probably battle it out uh, for the number three cornerback position, and then kind of look at some guys who are going to fight to be on this roster. And so I think that's the three kind of categories we're going to look at, and the first category we're going to look at is the obvious two starters from last year, and we'll start with the number one guy, uh, Pierre Desir. A little bit about Pierre Uh, He was brought in by the Colts, claimed off of waivers in 2017. Uh, He's six foot one, 192 pounds, uh, so he's a pretty good sized corner. And when he was brought in in 2017, he played in nine games. He actually, I think, he went on IR for a pectoral injury, uh, but the Colts decided they were going to bring him back on a one year deal for 2018, and he really earned that contract and, and actually earned his way into now, I think, age 28, earned his way into a multi year contract. Uh, he, I think he was signed for three ga- for three years now um, with the Colts. And so, uh, w- Andrew, what stands out to you about Pierre Desir? I know we've, there's a lot of talk about Pierre Desir with just how good he was in 2018 and, in particular, how good he was against the Texans and against probably the best receiver in the league in uh, DeAndre Hopkins.
1: Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there, Cody. Pierre Desir was well worthy of that three-year extension. I mean, you look at what he did against the Houston Texans, uh, both in Week 14 and the Wild Card round, Pretty much completely uh, neutralizing uh, Mr. Nuke, as they like to call him down in Houston, or DeAndre Hopkins. And that's no easy task. So he was definitely well worthy of that three-year deal. Another thing with DeZere, too, him and Kenny Moore both were claimed off of waivers. And I think Chris Ballard has just done a fantastic job with finding the diamond in the, in the rough, excuse me, if you will. And uh, look for Pierre desire to have a big year for us uh, in 2019.
0: Yeah, now that he's signed that three-year extension, he's going to be with the Colts under contract until he's 31. He actually turns 29, I think, in a couple months here in September. And so uh, Pierre Desir is locked down for the next three years, and the other guy is locked down that we're going to talk about now. He was actually claimed off of waivers the same exact time as Pierre Desir, and that's Kenny Moore. So a little bit about Kenny Moore. He was actually an undrafted free agent signed by the Patriots out of Valdosta State, he is only 5 foot 9 but it's interesting because he has very long arms and Chris Ballard kind of talked about this when he resigned Kenny I remember he was he was talking about about Kenny Moore and how he really wasn't the prototypical cornerback that he's usually used to looking for and stuff but he said something that really struck me Andrew when Chris Ballard was basically saying that Kenny Moore's not a prototypical 5 foot 9 corner he's got the arms of a 6 foot 1 cornerback and so that's very interesting. And Andrew, I guess I'm curious. You no, know, now Kenny Moore's under contract for four more years. Uh, what do you think of Kenny Moore's kind of rise to start him, out of nowhere, out of basically being signed off of waivers from the Patriots? Uh, I think that he was on the Patriots throughout the preseason, and then he just missed the final cutdowns. Man, what's your impressions been of Kenny Moore now? Now that he's entering year two, year three, I should say, with the Colts.
1: I'd have to agree, Cody. When you look at a guy like Kenny Moore, maybe undersized, maybe not your prototypical 6'1", 6'2", corner, but for a guy that played really well in the slot last year, he he really deserved that four-year extension that we gave him this offseason. And it's another one of those – I should say he is another one of those, rather. Uh, sneaky good signings by Chris Ballard, the diamond in the rough, if you will, sort of like a Pierre Desir, uh, who claimed off of waivers in 2017. But with Moore, I look for him to have uh, – I guess you could say that last year was his breakout year, but I'd look for for him to uh, have an even better year in 2019.
0: Okay, so those are the two guys that we are pretty sure will start for the Colts in 2019. And it's going to be interesting because this next batch of guys are two guys who are going to be fighting for that number three cornerback position, so fighting for that slot corner position. Uh, the first guy on the list is a guy who was, had that role last year. Um, he was a second-round pick of the Colts a couple of years ago. Actually, I had the awesome opportunity to go down to Colts training camp this past Saturday and interview him, and that's cornerback Quincy Wilson. And Andrew, Quincy's really had a very interesting year, and he even said himself, it's been an up-and-down career for him so far. You know, he comes in in 2017. He kind of comes in out of shape. Uh, I remember the Colts kind of talked about that. He had bad practice habits and all this stuff, and he really didn't see the field really much at all in 2017. Um, I know he kind of, as injuries happened, he kind of saw the field more as the season progressed, but honestly, I would say 2017 was really a lost year for Quincy. Um, and then he comes in in 2018. He actually, I, rem- I don't know if you remember this. Um, so I think it was like Bob Kravitz or one of those people um, basically wrote an article saying that the Colts were looking for their number one corner, and Quincy comments on Twitter and says, "No, they aren't." <laughs> you know, basically saying like, "I am the number one corner. I don't know what you're talking about." And so I remember he at the start of 2018 he kind of had a rough rough go at it. I remember that Bengal game was really rough for Quincy Wilson at week one, um, and he kind of you know like he got a little bit injured, got a little bit nicked up, and. Some fans are asking, "You oh, know, is Quincy Wilson a bust, and what what's wrong with Quincy Wilson? Why is he not performing like a second round pick?" Um, he played pretty well in 2017 when given the chance. So, what is happening to him in 2018? Um, and then, about mid season, the Colts brought in because he had a bunch of injuries to their safety position. Uh, they brought in the veteran Mike Mitchell, and uh, Mike Mitchell really took Quincy Wilson under his wing. Really taught him a whole lot of how to be a pro and and all this stuff and really helped him kind of turn around his 2018 season. And I think by the end of the year, Andrew Quincy was really coming on as that slot corner. Um, and Chris Ballard and Frank Reich have not been shy about just expressing their love for Quincy Wilson and just talking about how he's really transformed his body in, uh, in the two years now, I guess entering now year three of his career. He's really transformed his body. I think his practice habits are now a lot better than they were. Um, he's just really turned himself around a lot. Uh, and what, what do you think about Quincy Wilson's turnaround from, you know, coming in from as, a, as a rookie from Florida in the second round in 2017 to now entering his year three season? And he's even younger than Rock Yassin, uh, probably one of the youngest defensive backs on the roster. So what do you admire from Quincy or what have you noticed from Quincy Wilson now entering year three, Andrew?
1: Yeah, I mean, when you speak on Quincy Wilson's character, I think the first thing that comes to mind is the thing that's the things that he has had to go through since coming into the league, and specifically with the Colts in 2017. As you said, Cody, he didn't get much playing time. Uh, 2018, I think, had some m- more lowlights than highlights, unfortunately, for Wilson. I think part of that too had to do with his health. Um, you know, as they say in the in the NFL business, availability is the best ability. But I really liked him coming out of Florida in 2017. I thought he was going to be a very good. Corner had a very good chance to be, play the slot, and then as we just talked about, the guy uh, previously, Kenny Moore, he kind of took over that role uh, last year, and so that kind of left Quincy Wilson on an island, if you will. Uh, but going into this year, I think you know, with Mike Mitchell taking him under his wing. And Chris Ballard and Frank Reich being really high on him, you know, Chris Ballard has said this over and over again. These guys take time to develop. Some players peak sooner than others. And so I think when you look at all those things and you factor in everything, uh, I think Quincy Wilson could have a really good year in uh, 2019.
0: And he's most likely going to be competing with the next guy on our list, uh, the guy that Colts drafted also in the second round. They drafted him this year um, with that top pick in the second round, and that's Rak Yasin. And Rock is, man, what can you say about Rock, yes? And he is a very, very good player for the Temple. I mean, I think it speaks for himself when you hear that story about how very few freshmen come into Temple. And Temple has this whole thing where they, you know, the toughest players get the lower numbers. And so as a rookie, Rock came in there, or as a a freshman, I should say, I think he transferred from Presbyterian. So his first year at Temple, um, he he came in. And uh, he got one of those numbers. Like the first year he was there, just kind of showing off his toughness, um, former wrestler. And so I know, you know, for, I was a wrestler back in the day in high school. I don't, I, I don't know if I'd say I was a good wrestler, um, but I was a wrestler nonetheless. And I can honestly say that, you know, I also played football, and I can honestly say that. Because I wrestled, it helped me with my tackling technique, and I think just simply because he did that, and also, eh, wrestling's hard, man. Like, wrestling keeps you in great shape. That's why I really did wrestling, was because I wanted to stay in shape for football. And uh, so, Rocky Hacin has, he, he has a lot of ability. He He's a willing tackler, which I think in this scheme, that's what Matt Ibraflus really asks his corners to do. Um, a very good man-to-man guy. Um, which is really, you know, we talked about, even going back to that Kansas City loss in the playoffs, like the Colts simply ran out of juice because, you know, they played so much press coverage. And, and when it's, when you, you, know, you know, you kind of see that with the Patriots when they played the Chiefs. They were able to slow the Chiefs down because they were able to go man-to-man with them and were able to really kind of slow the Chiefs down a little bit. It was going to be kind of impossible to completely stop Patrick Mahomes, especially on the tear he was on last year. But, you know, when it it comes to that, that the really good teams are the teams, Andrew, that can play that man coverage. It can really take away your best player. And getting a player like Rocky Yassin, who's really, really good at that and really excels in that, I think can really help this Colts defense ascend to the next level. And while Yassin may or may not start, per se, in 2019, I think he's a very valuable piece to the Colts um, in 2019 and going forward in, in terms of just talent in their secondary.
1: I'd have to agree with you, Cody, with everything you've just said. Yassin is a very physical man-to-man corner. He is certainly not afraid to get up close and personal with his opposing uh, receiver. And when you look at, like you said, in that Kansas City loss last year in the playoffs, when you look at guys like Tyreek Hill, when you look at a Sammy Watkins, when you look at a Demarcus Robinson, when you look at you know some of the other weapons that they have, the Colts just simply could not match man-to-man, which, as you mentioned, New England did very well um, in the AFC Championship game. And so I think when you bring in a guy like sin, who not only – Excels as you said, Cody, in man-to-man, but received a single-digit jersey number. Uh, in Temple, I think that speaks to his character as well. And we know Chris Ballard is very high on character uh, when it comes to drafting players. Uh, it's not just about the talent; it's about is he the right fit for the organization? Is he the right fit for the locker room? And I think Yassin is going to not only play very well in man-to-man, but I think he's going to be very well in zone. I've seen several of his plays on Twitter. He's very, very impressive. He stacked up with the likes of guys, the receivers like Devin Funchess. He's played very well against T.Y. Hilton. I think he's going to be a very, very, very solid addition to this Colts team.
0: Yeah, to add a few more points, Andrew, to what you were just saying, Um, first off, I want to talk about how he's been in training camp, and I know Kevin Bowen kind of talked about today how Yasin kind of had an up-and-down day, um, but he made a really acrobatic interception. I don't know if you saw that. It was kind of like a one-hand tip to himself. Um and, and also a couple of days ago uh he had a couple of interceptions and so it's like he's a rookie but he doesn't play like a rookie and I think that's really, really good to hear from a guy like that. Um, especially a guy who's gonna probably be an anchor of your secondary for years to come. Um, and another thing that I wanted to talk about, going back to that whole draft process, I know Chris Ballard kinda talked about it. You know, when the Colts did, were gonna decide, and I think the Colts actually, um, when they were sitting there with their first round pick, they actually had considered drafting Yassin, cause I think he was one of those top players that had the talent, and they also had the character. Um, one of those few premier players, as Chris Ballard calls them. Um, And so they debated whether or not to draft him. And uh, I think they decided they were going to trade down and see if he was still there. Um, They actually debated, I think, even trading out of that pick and going down even further. But I remember Chris Ballard kind of walked through that process of how they all met, you know, as the scouts and the GM and all, all those people met. And they just decided that, like. You know, the room was split, but Chris Ballard just kind of decided, like, this is a guy with such good character and such a good player that leads by example that we can't pass on him. We can't pass on him. And I think that just speaks to what kind of player, first off, that Yasin is, a very talented player, but also the type of character that he has uh, and, and how much that's going to speak to the locker room. and Because the locker room's watching. The locker room's always watching to what you do. You know, are you going to go out and pay a Le'Veon Bell so much money um, and have the guy, you know, not lead by example not and ha- not show good character? Or are you going to go go out and draft a guy like Rocky San, a guy who is a hard worker who doesn't really talk that much um, but just lets his actions speak for themselves? And so um, I think overall it's a good message to the locker room of, you know, if you play like that, you're going to get rewarded. And it, go- and it goes back, Andrew, to what we've talked about this entire offseason – about rewarding your own, rewarding guys like uh, Mark Glowinski, who had a really good year, rewarding guys like, you know, we just mentioned, Pierre Desir and Kenny Moore, guys who earn those contracts. And just sending that message to the locker room, like, you want to get paid? Well, then you need to perform, and you need to perform well. And uh, I think this is just another example of Chris Ballard really, really emphasizing character and really emphasizing, like, that matters to us.
1: Yeah, another thing that I really like about Yasin, too, it's not just his physical play. It's not just the talent that he possesses. But, Cody, it's also the fact that he's just a great individual. He's got great character. He's a leader. I mean, like you had said earlier, at Temple, it's very, very difficult to earn a single-digit Uh, jersey number and and Yassin did it in his freshman season so that should speak volumes not only to Colts fans everywhere but to the NFL really and I think that speaks volumes his character that is uh, to the locker room and I think that's going to create or continue to help create the culture that Chris Ballard is trying to establish here in Indianapolis
0: yeah and Frank Reich has talked about it even last year when the Colts were sitting there at one and five it's like He has attributed that character, man, to to why that team was able to finish the way they were able to finish. From 1-5 to 10-6 in winning a playoff game, it's because they had those guys who were high-character guys. And I think Yasin is in that same mold of guys, yes, we talked about it, where yes, he's going to get beat. Yes, he's going to have days where he's not doing the best, but it's the guys with character... That you know are going to be guys that aren't going to pout about it. They're not going to take to social media and be like, oh, my life is terrible. They're going to be the guys that put their head down, realize that they're not perfect, and they're going to do every single thing that they can do to be the best player that they can be. And that speaks to the character. And that's honestly why I think and why I have the same philosophy as Chris Ballard. And you can't teach character. You can't. Character is so essential to a locker room because – if you think about, think about the team a couple years ago, well, we'll just use this example. If they were sitting there at 1-5 a couple years ago with the culture that they had, there is absolutely no way that they would, they would have finished the same way. They just didn't have that character. They just did not have that locker room culture at all, Andrew. And talking about building that culture, you see a guy like Yasin who will lead by example. Yes, he's not afraid to do anything, basically, in the NFL – He's not afraid. He's not going to play scared. But he also has this great character, and he also is going to lead by example in everything that he does, no matter if he's a rookie or no matter if he's a 10-year vet. He's going to lead by example, and that is just huge for a locker room and huge just for the team in general and huge for that cornerback group and just huge for... Yeah, it's just going to be a good thing, I think, for the Colts, and it's just a great way for them to continue to further their belief in building a strong culture, and it starts with guys that you draft up top. And finally, I wanted to look at the final tier of corners. So we have the top four corners, we think, in Pierre Desir, Kenny Moore, Rocky Sun, and Quincy Wilson. And now I think it's going to be a battle for that number five and potentially number six position. But for the sake of this podcast, we're just going to talk about the number five position. I think there's four guys, Andrew, who are going to be kind of battling for this number five position. And those guys are Nate Harrison, who was drafted in the same Draft as Quincy Wilson back in 2017, who uh, actually got benched last year, um, but has put on a pretty strong camp so far. Um, he can play special teams. Uh, he can do a lot of things for you, uh, and so he's one of the guys. Another guy is a guy the Colts brought in at the end of last year. He was a former second round pick. Uh, he played in the Super Bowl a couple years with a couple years ago uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. Jalen Collins is a very talented player. Um, he was actually released from the Falcons because I think he was. He, he got suspended by the league for like 10 games for something to do with drugs. Uh, but you know, he's, he, I know he's had a pretty good camp as well for the Colts. Um, and then the other two guys are kind of wild card guys for me um, that I don't really know a whole lot about. Um, and the One guy is Chris Milton. I think he, he hasn't really seen the field a whole lot, um, but he is a really good special teams player for the Colts. He was last year. He's one of the better special teams players in the league. Um, And then the final guy is the guy that the Colts drafted this year, I believe in the fifth round. Um, He was actually converted to safety, and the Colts are trying him out at corner, and that's Marvell Tell. Um, He's got all the physical attributes to be a very good corner in this league, but um, he's a very raw player, um, still developing his craft a lot. And so, um, Andrew, one thing that I wanted to kind of talk about with this number five corner position that um, maybe some people haven't considered is it's not necessarily going to be the guy who is the best overall cornerback. Um, It may not be. It may be, uh, but it may not be. And you know, when you think about the number five corner, I mean, honestly, that guy's ideally not going to see the field at all. Um, That guy's really just going to be a special teams player for you. And so I think that the reason why I say it may not be the best corner is because it might be a guy like Chris Milton or a guy like Nate Hairston who may not be the better corner per se but he's a better special teams player and he can do a lot of things for you and honestly in order to make this league i mean we saw it with kenny moore a couple years ago you have to play special teams and that's kind of what i think what's going to determine who makes this roster and who doesn't make this final roster um, when the cutdowns come for the 53 man roster um, at the end of august
1: yeah, I'd have to agree with you there, Cody. It's definitely going to be an intriguing battle for sure between those four guys. I mean, you look at a guy like Chris Milton, who one play in particular kind of stands out to me from last year. Uh, he had a fumble recovery against that Week 17 uh, Sunday night football matchup against the Titans. And then you look at the a guy like Nate Hairston, who, as you said, was benched last year but has shown flashes of, of being a potential maybe – uh, solid backup in the NFL and specifically for the Colts. And then you look at, look at a guy uh, like Marvell Tell, who you said has all the physical attributes uh, necessary to play corner and safety. And finally, you look at a guy like Jalen Collins, who, as you mentioned, Cody, was a second-round pick of the Atlanta Falcons, played in that Super Bowl lost uh, against New England. And he's definitely got potential himself. And I know Chris Ballard is a big believer in second chances. And he's had a very interesting camp and has played very well thus far. And so as you said, it's going to be very, very difficult when the cutdown comes for the 53-man roster. You know, who is going to make that fifth and final uh, corner spot?
0: Yeah, it's definitely a battle that I'm watching in training camp. And it'll be interesting to see who does make that spot and also for what reasons. Um, and so that's definitely going to be a cool thing to, to keep an eye on as we watch the preseason games. The Colts are starting. And I think their preseason game is coming up uh, next Thursday, their first preseason game. And so I'm, I'm going to be, I don't know about you, Andrew, but I'm going to have my eye fixed on that, that battle right there and see who plays the best in preseason and kind of keeping my eyes and ears open to hearing, you know, who kind of has the lead right now. Because I've kind of heard different things from different people about uh, that corner position, but, It's going to be interesting. Uh, So I think that kind of wraps up this podcast. And I would definitely like to hear from you guys on who you think is going to win that number five corner position because it's going to be an interesting battle. And honestly, I think that... No matter who you choose out of these four guys, it's going to be a good pick because um, obviously the Colts see these guys a lot more; they see them every day, um, and they're going to make the best decision for this team. And um, it'll just be interesting to see if some of these guys who may have not been really been asked, like you think of a Jalen Collins who probably has never really had to play special teams much, um, to see if he can do that, or you know, just just seeing how some of those guys like Nate Hairston bounce back. Uh, And so it's going to be an interesting battle to watch. And, uh, yeah, I'm intrigued to see the Colts have a couple more weeks to kind of determine who's going to win this battle. And so, um, yeah, let's keep our eyes and ears open for this. And thank you guys for listening. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, Yeah, and I'll continue to keep you guys updated on Twitter. And I'm sure you will, too, Andrew, on Uh, how the Colts are progressing in the preseason and how they're progressing in camp. And it's going to be a very cool battle to watch. So thank you guys as always. And uh, yeah, go Colts.